The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Usually joined alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray, but not today. Not for your quick Friday Punt and Pass episode. I am riding solo. Going to get everybody caught up on what is going on in the crazy world and the uncertain world of college football. So I thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. And please, if you have not already, head over to puntandpass.com, our brand new website. We've got a blog. I've put up a few posts regarding the absolutely insane news headlines that continue to come out regarding college football. We've got our shop that we call the locker room. Head over there and pick up some merch. We got some great new gear coming in as well. And just enjoy. We got videos up there everywhere that you can listen to our podcast. Head over to puntandpass.com. What is so funny about every episode that I feel like we have been publishing on Punt and Pass the past four weeks is when we post an episode of Punt and Pass, when it goes live, huge news breaks immediately after. I can't time it up for whatever reason, so I'm sure when you're listening to this on the afternoon of Friday, August 14th, there will be a gigantic news dump probably around 6 p.m. that, of course, I won't be able to cover until next week. But Aaron and I had a great podcast on Monday, and everybody tuned in and was really appreciative of our thoughts regarding what was, at the time, up in the air for will the Big Ten and will the Pac-12 play football this fall. And immediately afterwards, of course, the Big Ten and Pac-12 announced that they would not be playing football this fall where does that leave us all right let's just dive right into it so the big 10 the pac-12 university presidents they voted to not play college football in the fall of 2020 but they moved it to the spring of 2021 of course they cited uncertainty and player health and safety being the number one reason amid the covid19 pandemic that they were not going to play football this Fall. Would it be too tough? Who knows? Would it be challenging? Of course. Would these players stick with a voluntary bubble? That would be tough on a college campus that they weighed the risks. They talked to their medical advisors despite putting out schedules just a couple of weeks ago. And despite giving false hope to the fans that they would play a fall season, they canceled it at the last minute. And they came out and said, this is for the safety and the health of our student-athletes, and we will play in 
the fall. Is it possible? Is it possible to play a spring season, have a couple of months off, turn around and play a fall season all in one calendar year? Here's the divide, and I, and I find it fascinating, and it's an observation of mine, okay? When this news broke on Monday afternoon, or it may have been Tuesday afternoon, I forget, excuse me. It's been a long week, obviously. There was a strict divide on social media, and I never use this when I speak or when I analyze or when I'm hosting a show. I, I don't use the, well, I played football, so I know better card. I think that's weak. I don't think it's a good argument. I kind of laugh when I see it happen over and over again on TV or on the radio. But there was a keen observation that I made in the aftermath of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceling the 2020 fall season and saying they will play in the spring. It seemed as though every former player or former coach who has played the game or coached the game of football immediately said, this will not work. It is quite impossible to play a spring season of college football. It was pretty, I would say 95% of former players and former coaches said, kind of laughable, that they would dangle this in front of the student-athletes and say, hey, y'all come back in January, we'll fire it up, we'll do an eight-game spring season, give you guys a little bit of a break, do a 10-12 to game fall season, and we'll be right back to normalcy. Almost every former player and coach said, um, no, that's not happening. Urban Meyer, most notably, with the half-naked man in his room or RV or wherever the hell he was. That was a fantastic video if you haven't seen it. But he essentially said, no chance. There is no chance on the possibility of spring football. Now, do you think Urban Meyer would know? Do you think Urban Meyer would understand what it takes to run a season of college football? Do you think Urban Meyer three-time national champion coach would understand the hurdles from a logistic standpoint, an academic standpoint, a player health and safety standpoint as to why a spring football is not possible? I would think he knows. I would think he knows. Do you think other former players, myself included, I'll throw myself in this, do you think we know why a spring football season wouldn't work? I will side with the former players and the former coaches on this specific issue. It is not possible. And I wrote a blog post on puntandpass.com saying, shame on Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott. Shame on Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. Shame on them for giving their own student-athletes the false hope that a spring football season is viable. It's not. It is not viable. And keep in mind, they postponed the fall 2020 season, citing player health and safety. Yet they want to turn around in January. God knows where we'll be with this entire COVID-19 pandemic then. And they want to trot out their student-athletes for 20 to 24 college football games in a calendar year. Shame on them. That is stupid. It's impossible, and let's break it down right here. First things first, logistically, okay? When you watch a football game or travel to an away game or head to Athens and tailgate and enjoy a Saturday, I hope you really enjoy the entire game day 
atmosphere, right? It's awesome. Everything's pretty seamless. Those things do not happen by happenstance. Logistically, college football operations staffers work months and years to make sure that game days are seamless. What meals are going to be fed when you're on the road? What meals are going to be fed to your student athletes when you're at home? What charter buses are you going to use when you land at an airport in Tupelo, Mississippi to take you to a hotel just outside of Oxford? Right? I mean, there are so many small, minute details that these operations staffers book months and years in advance to make sure that your weekly and hourly schedules run perfectly. The fact that these commissioners can just snap their fingers and say, you know what, guys, move it. Move it to the spring. We'll make it happen. We'll have eight games, so we'll truncate it. It'll be totally fine, but make it happen. Oh, yeah, and then truncate this, the fall schedule a little bit as well, and we'll make that happen too. That's just ridiculous, and it's quite impossible. I do not understand how that oversight can be seen from the leaders who refuse to relinquish any power. Okay, Larry Scott, as derelict as he may be in handling this pandemic, keep in mind the hashtag We Are United movement that was started by the Pac-12 players. Sure, there was a lot of laughable demands in there, but I think ultimately what they wanted was some sort of recognition from Larry Scott to say, hey, you know what? We will create league-wide protocols, conference-wide health and safety protocols to make sure that we are going to tackle this issue with the possibility of contracting COVID the safest way we can. And it never happened. He never even acknowledged it. I think if you could have shown these student-athletes that, hey, we're going to do right by you, we're going to put these protocols in place, we'll set up third-party testing, whatever it is, to make sure that we have a way forward to at least try, you may have had a little bit better reception and not such a stalemate when the players started demanding crazy things. Player health and safety. Okay, the logistics here are impossible on the staffers to make it happen. And keep in mind, your other spring sports, are they going to still be going on as well? Look, those university relationships with hotels, with airlines, with charter buses, with catering companies, with facility usage, if everybody's just free going in the spring, it's going to be pretty tough to book that up. Think about that. College football in the spring. College basketball in the spring. All your other non-revenue sports. Baseball in the spring. Travel, catering, the small stuff. The small stuff adds up, and that is what makes it run seamlessly. To overlook that and just simply think, hey, we'll move it, do your best, and make it happen, that is far-fetched. That is far-fetched. The next thing that I cited in my blog post, I hope you've read it, is academics. Academics is such a humongous part of this entire situation. From experience, it it is well documented that student athletes and football players specifically take certain classes and courses in the spring semester to work closer towards their major requirements. Look, during the football season, it's tougher to take some of the classes that other students can take because of schedule conflicts. You have to travel, your practice scheduling, your tutoring. 
your game weekends, it's tough. You can't take specific classes in the fall because you know you won't be able to give as much attention necessary to make a good grade. So you take certain classes in the spring. You do have more free time in the spring. I mean, hell, after the spring game, and those weeks range widely from a month-long span. After spring practice, I mean, you've got four weeks to really bear down, go get a quick workout in in the morning, and then start getting ready for finals. I mean, you don't get that opportunity whatsoever in the fall. How would that be addressed? You know some student-athletes who are close to graduating would undoubtedly be affected by having to postpone a course. Others would have to change their projected class schedule, and that projected class schedule is set to get them closer to graduating. Student-athlete, right? Are we just going to overlook that? Ah, forget it. Let's just play in the spring, and we'll make it happen. I'm sure we can get around it. I don't know. Again, a factor that's being highly overlooked, in my opinion. First, logistics. Next, academics. And here's the real kicker, okay? Player health and safety. Give me a break. Give me a break. The entire reason for this tough decision being made regarding not playing in the fall is because of the uncertainty playing amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Obviously, right? They want to avoid the health risks and the possible, quote-unquote, unknown long-term effects on the student-athletes if they were to contract the virus. But (laughs) I, I literally can't not laugh talking about this. Player health and safety, possible long-term effects, but let's make them play 20 to 24 games in a 12-month span. Player safety, give me a break. I think this is a complete cop-out from the Big Ten and Pac-12 commissioners, and it's a literal contradiction, an immediate literal contradiction. So shame on them. That's, That's how I feel. Look, Purdue football head coach Jeff Brom put out a detailed schedule for how a spring season followed by a fall season would work. And you're asking, he's asking to play 18 to 22 games in a 10-month span. You would have physical contact in January, February, March, April, May, September, October, November, December, and January. Physical contact. We're not even talking about the virus right now. Again, who knows where we will be January of 2021. But in his plan which is getting great reception from the college football media that said fall is impossible, fall will never happen, but we can be creative and imaginative about spring football. Why defeatism? Why fatalism, said Dan Wolken. Amazing to me that the ultimate champion for player health and safety, Dan Wolken from USA Today, said spring football is totally possible. Why defeatism? Why fatalism? We can make this happen. Keep an open mind. Dan, give me a break. Physical contact in January, February, March, April, May, September, October, November, December, and January of 2022. Greg McElroy from SEC Network and ESPN said it best. Hey, if you think that's okay, so be it. Trot them out there. 22 games in 10 months. That's fine. Do your thing. But do not preach health and safety of the student-athletes. There is your literal immediate contradiction. Hilarious. I I think the players would push back on it. 
I think it's absolutely ridiculous to ask that of them. There are so many ways that you could go about showing how that won't work. Um, the NFL draft is in April. You think Justin Fields from Ohio State is going to play in January, February, March in Columbus, Ohio, in Madison, Wisconsin, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in Happy Valley at Penn State? Give me a break. That dude is out of there. And if I were him, I, I would be so furious. I would make a public statement saying I'm going to the NFL draft. And because of the way that Kevin Warren and the Big Ten turned their backs on the student-athletes, and I'm clearly not graduating from Ohio State, I won't really have any more of an association with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Not their fault, Kevin Warren's fault, the Big Ten's fault. Justin Fields from Harrison High School when he's on Sunday Night Football playing for the Carolina Panthers in 2022. Seriously, that is ridiculous that the conference leaders did not listen to the student-athletes when the hashtag we want to play movement was picking up momentum. They turned their backs on them to cover their own asses from a liability standpoint. They covered their own asses because they did not want the players to get close to forming an association or what may seem like a union because they don't want to relinquish any power whatsoever. It's as simple as that, people. You cannot take these conference leaders seriously when they say that they are postponing the 2020 fall season for player health and safety when in the same breath they say they want these student-athletes to play 22 games in a 10-month span. That is bullshit. It is. There's no other way around it. Jeff Brom, let's keep this in mind too. And I wrote this in a blog. The Purdue head coach who put out the detailed report, you can see it. Pete Thamel, Pat Forty, Dan Wolken, your usual suspects are saying, this is a great plan. This will work perfectly. Everybody will be safe. Everybody will be healthy. They don't know shit. I'm just telling you that right now. It's not going to work. Jeff Brom, the guy who put this out, is the same dude who's most notable for getting knocked the hell out in an XFL game and playing six days later saying, I have a pulse, I want to play football. Hey, I agree with you. I, I, I love it. It's a fantastic YouTube video. I love the I want to play football movement, the hashtag let's play football, hashtag we want to play movement. But you can't in the same breath say that you're doing this for player safety. And player safety. I tweeted this out this past week. And I got a lot of feedback from it. The whole reason they canceled the season is to limit the spread of coronavirus among the football players. But now, the student athletes in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, with no season to play and no games to get ready for, are going to have far more opportunity to go to bars, to attend parties, and do whatever the hell they want on campus. The number one spreader of COVID that we know of, that we're being told of, is going to packed bars, going to house parties, doing whatever you want when temptation shows up. And look, did we go out during a football season? Of course. You win a game on Saturday afternoon, you go out on Saturday night. But during the week, student-athletes 
sacrifice so much from a social standpoint. They really do. You know, and they're already in these quote-unquote voluntary bubbles on campus that seem to be working really well. They sacrifice, and you don't even think about it. If these conference leaders would have had real dialogue with the student-athletes and said, guys, here's what it's going to take. You have to limit your social interaction, even after you have a humongous victory against a rival. You can't go out. You can't put your teammates in harm's way. I think you would have gotten great response from them in order to play. Football players want to play. Football coaches want to coach. They already sacrificed so much from a social standpoint. I don't think this was such a a huge ask in order to have, or at least try to have a 2020 season. Now they don't have a 2020 season. So you know what? Second, third, fourth week of the semester, all your friends are going out. You don't have anything to do on the weekend. Thursday night pops up. All you got is a workout on Friday afternoon. You're going to go out. You're a normal college student now. Something that you haven't had the opportunity to really enjoy ever. The temptation's there. There's no need to sacrifice. I truly believe that they are at more risk by not playing, by not having to sacrifice for their teammates. There's nothing to work towards. That's how student-athletes operate. Again, if they had the games to work towards on the weekend, if they had to stay in their tight bubbles or as much as they could, to make sure that COVID did not transmit through the locker room. They would do it. Now they have far more opportunity to do whatever the hell they please and easily, easily come in contact with what could be a bad situation for the spread of COVID. Think about that. That is crazy to me. It really is crazy to me. So where do we stand now? Well, the Big 12 had a meeting and a call that was previously scheduled, and they put their schedule out. Now, they did not say we're playing. They said we're not canceling. I'm fine with that. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey came out and said, we understand the decisions that were made by the Pac-12 and the Big 10. We're in constant communication with our medical advisors. We are not canceling right now. The ACC echoed the same sentiments. I think as of this recording, 76 FBS football teams are planning to attempt to play the 2020 season. All right. I think the Big 12 starts September 12th. The SEC and the ACC start September 26th. They're going to give it a go. What are the biggest hurdles that you face right now on August 14th? Well, students are about to return to campus. Okay? And if you don't think the media is going to grab onto outbreaks at college campuses and blow them up on your TV screen and on the internet, you're out of your mind. So how do the conference leaders react to those negative headlines? That's the next hurdle. I thought it was great that Nick Saban stepped up and said, you know what, guys? The conversation was, is it safe to reopen schools? Schools are being reopened. And then it twisted to, is it safe to play football? Why was that transition in the narrative there. And I love Coach Saban. 
I really do. I give him a lot of shit. He's an un, I mean, greatest college football coach of all time. I give him a lot of credit too, though, knowing that when he speaks, he gets results. And he was quoted by saying, I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying. So let's give it a shot. Am I completely positive that a 10-game season will work? I, I don't know. But I think for sure you got to get to week one to find out. And I applaud the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, the American Athletic Conference, Conference USA, for trying to make this happen. I think you owe that to your student-athletes. I really do. I think it could work. I think it could work. How will it look? Who knows? Some schools are saying, hey, you know, Texas A&M, South Carolina, we could have limited capacity. Some NFL teams are doing the same thing. A week ago, the SEC put out their schedule and said 20,000 capacity in stadiums if you choose to do so. Remember, people, FBS football is not governed by the NCAA. College football playoff is its own separate entity with its own TV rights. They're going to make this thing happen. I really do believe so. And when you have 77 teams or 76 teams, whatever it may be, you're going to have a great opportunity to find a worthy champion. I mean, one school, really, one school really got screwed here, and that's Ohio State. Because Ohio State was probably going to make the college football playoff. I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 was going to make a lot of noise as far as the top four teams in the nation. I don't think a lot of people had a lot of confidence in the Pac-12 playing regardless. But Ohio State and Justin Fields, they got screwed here. They, they really got screwed here, and I feel bad for them. Again, if I was Justin Fields, I, I would be irate. And I would say shame on Kevin Warren. And Larry Scott, well, you already know how I feel about him. I think you could have a legitimate chance to set up an awesome situation towards the college football playoff with the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, and the American Athletic Conference. We'll see how it shakes out. Of course, more bad news is going to come out, possibly some good news as well. Just got to take it in stride and trust in these conference commissioners who are hanging in there from the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, and the American Athletic Conference to weigh the risks and figure out a way forward to at least give it a shot. I think that's where we're headed. But spring football is a joke. These conference commissioners saying they made this decision to delay the fall 2020 season to have a spring season because of player health and safety, that's a joke. And I laugh at the sports media who are propping up this narrative saying it's totally possible and totally safe. Get out of here. That's crazy. That is crazy. All right, off my soapbox. Let me know what you think. Tweet at me. Hit me up on Instagram, at Drew Butler. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass. Aaron is at AaronMarie11. And please head over to PuntandPass.com. Read one of my blogs. Leave a comment. Buy a hat. Got some new merch coming in the coming weeks. We'll be ready to rock and roll when college football kicks off because I know it's going to. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. See you.